All right, Adam's Evo is being a sport because with the change of time this weekend, we're out of sync with where he is. So when we were going back and forth by a text or email or whatever, um, we didn't have the, the time right. But it's okay. It's the middle of the day. Uh, where Adam is, so it's not quite the uh, the disruption that it might be. I hope everybody's adjusting all right to the time change. I have to say, maybe it's because I was on the road this weekend and I was catching and missing planes and things like that, that I don't feel like I was hit in the face with a frying pan getting up for the show this morning. Maybe I will uh, later on. But it does change all sorts of little things, like our dog now scolds us for not feeding him at a completely different hour and wakes up an hour later, which is kind of refreshing. Um, but yeah, I get it. A lot of people this morning, first of all, getting the kids to school and you'll be doing that in darkness all over again. And I guess we get into the debate and uh, I'm tired of it. It's kind of like, is Canada going to absorb Turks and Caicos? Should we be on saving time or not? And the real problem would be if you're ready for, it's not as bad as in um, Iceland, for example, where the sun doesn't come up until about 1030 in February, but you'd be doing a lot of things in darkness if we left the clocks where they are. It's 6.39, and as I mentioned, Adam Zivo is joining us because we've got a few things to talk about in terms of life in Ukraine and the war, Russia against Ukraine, and so we've leaned in on the fact that a Torontonian is actually living there right now. Adam, good to have you. Happy Monday. Thanks for having me back. Um, before we get to the idea of Ukrainian, you know, Canadians going to Ukraine as tourists, I was just curious about whether you can update the situation. I know we talked after a barrage of missiles. Um, so where are we right now? And uh, does it affect you where you are? Uh, as of now, Odessa is fairly peaceful. Uh, we haven't had any significant missile strikes in a while. I mean, there was the one that we discussed last time. But that didn't really create a major disruption. It seems like the Russians spent half a billion dollars to turn off our power for a few hours. Uh, our anti-air defense system is resilient and life is going on with a fair degree of normalcy in this city. And I just wanna clarify once again that that doesn't mean that every city is safe, but Odessa right now is, is fairly comfortable. Well, and it also it would seem that once again, everybody kept on saying, you know, the Russians are finally on the move in Bakhmut, which is uh, on the east side of Ukraine. And yet even there, it seems they're getting bogged down and suffering incredible losses. Well, well, that's the thing is that it's become a bit of a war of attrition and the Russians have been suffering incredible losses, but they're losing soldiers, which they consider to be highly expendable. Right now, they're using soldiers pre predominantly from Wagner, which is a mercenary group that they work with, Putin's private army, and that's predominantly staffed with former convicts. And they're employing meat wave tactics where they send in poorly equipped soldiers who essentially just march there to absorb Ukrainian bullets and Western bullets. And the idea is to wear the Ukrainians down and, you know, use up all of their resources so that at some point in the future, more experienced soldiers can come in. The question is, when is that second wave of more experienced soldiers going to arrive? Um, so that's what everyone here has been wondering. What exactly is going to happen? So I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Lviv. Um, it's this 
effort seems mostly focused there, but I guess some other mayors may pick it up. They're making a pitch, and specifically to Canadians, I might add, that uh, we should think about going to Ukraine as tourists because that would support local industry. What's your reaction to that? Uh, honestly, I would say if you were more adventurous, I would 100% recommend it. And I think that a major uh, piece of this war, which has been missed by Canadians and by many Westerners, is just how large Ukraine is and how the war is primarily experienced in the East and how the West is living with a fair degree of normalcy and is economically supporting the East. And that distinction was a little bit blurred over the winter because everyone in all of Ukraine didn't have access to electricity a lot of the time. But now that that's over, life is returning to some degree of normalcy in the West. If you want to make a comparison, imagine if, I don't know, Quebec suddenly went rogue and decided to invade Ontario and Ottawa was being bombed every day and Kyiv would be like Toronto and Lviv would be like Windsor. Um, and, and after a while, people think, well, how do we get back to having a functional economy? Because you need that. You can't just survive on foreign aid. Um, so I think that if you want to see beautiful Eastern European architecture, and if you want to see something different, something a bit more adventurous, I would 100% recommend visiting Lviv and visiting Odessa. Maybe not Kyiv, unless you have a higher risk tolerance, but these cities are gorgeous and Ukrainian culture is lovely. And I think the beauty of Ukraine is something which we don't understand or appreciate a lot in the West. Thanks a lot for this, Adam. Maybe I'll come and see you. Oh, thank you for having me.